When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On this week's episode of Unwritten. Davey Johnson asking to look at the ball or the glove. And now Lasorda wants to know what's going on. Under Wendelstadt right now looking at the pine tar on the bat and saying, hey, um, you might want to clean that up. This is maybe to prevent a George Brett movement. They say that he doctored the baseball with something in his pocket. A scuffed up baseball or something. They're going to take a look at this bat now. They see Uh-oh. something on the inside of this. Well, usually when you, as an umpire, you see the ball come up there, you can tell whether it's a spitter or it has Vaseline on it because the ball will react funny. Hello and welcome to Unwritten from Odyssey and Major League Baseball. My name is Ron Darling. With me is Jimmy Rollins. Today we're talking all about equipment doctoring and the unwritten rules of how players can use a little sunscreen here or a little pine tar there to gain an edge on the field. We'll define those rules, go back into the history, and then reach a verdict on their place in the game today. Jimmy, tell us, how do you feel when you're in the box and you feel the pitcher is cheating? Whether it's pine tar, whether it's slicing the ball, whether whatever it is, but you feel like he's an unfair advantage against you. Uh, that's a good one. Um, I mean, personally... I just want to beat you more at your own game. Like, cheat all you want. Yeah. I'm going to beat you and let you know that you're cheating, you know, it's trash. It's absolute garbage. Um, when I'm not in the box, I'm yelling. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to yell. I want to bring the attention uh, most of the time to the first base umpire because we were on the first base uh, dugout at home. Or if you're on the third base side, to the third base umpire. So I want that guy looking at the pitcher. I want him to see mm-hmm. exactly what I'm seeing. You know, maybe go up in between the innings like, hey, hey, come on, man. You know, look, he's he's stepping in front of the mound when he delivers the ball. He's making this, you know, pitch another foot and a half shorter. And that's huge. That That is huge to shorten up the distance that the um, and the time that a batter gets to see the ball. So, yes, I, I, I'll bring it out. Um if it was, you know, egregious, then I'll say something to the home plate umpire when I'm in the box. Like, hey, hey, I need you to check that ball, bro. Like, come on. But usually after a pitch, throw a pitch. As a catcher gets it, I'm saying something, you know, catcher's pumping, and now he gets involved. Now the pitcher, you know, will probably come down and try to figure out what's going on. And the umpire is going to get the ball regardless. He's going to check it. He's going to walk it back to the pitcher. And if there's nothing, so like I, I, I didn't say anything, Jim. I, I don't have anything on it. But the alert is out that every now everybody's watching. The umpires will come down. Hey, what did, what did he say? Now all the umpires are watching the pitcher, you know, trying to catch him if he's doing something. But the good ones, you know, 
they would, especially if you want to get grip on a ball. I didn't mind grip on a ball. Yeah. I really didn't. You know, I, I prefer to have grip on a ball to help you, you know, get control. But taking advantage is when you're actually doctoring up the ball with the substance to create more spin, to create more revolutions on your slide or a curveball or your fastball to have it play faster. That's when you're taking advantage. So there's a thin line, a very thin line yeah. of what is, you know, for your advantage as opposed to just getting the basic feel off your fingertips. You know, it's interesting. There's two rules. Okay. Major League Baseball is rule 3.01. No player shall intentionally discolor or damage the ball by rubbing it with soil, rosin, paraffin, licorice, sandpaper, emery paper, or other foreign <laughs> substance. <laughs> and MLB Rule 6.02C, pitchers shall not apply a foreign substance of any kind to the ball or deface the ball in any manner or have on his person or in his possession any foreign substance. Well, the other night we were talking about when Alejandro Pena came in and it didn't look like to be some foreign substance on the back of his glove. Now they're looking at the inside of the glove. You know, I know uh, from my generation players, guys were always trying to cut up the baseball and trying to do stuff to make it dive and dart. And um, I remember pitching against a pitcher who was famous for this and remember getting to the mound, bottom of the first, Got the mound, looked at the ball, and it was just a perfect, beautiful sandpaper circle about the size of a nickel on the side of the ball. And if you're a pitcher, you know if that nickel-sized scuff is on the first base side, the ball will run away from a left-handed hitter. Mm -hmm. If it's on the third base side, it'll run into the left-handed hitter. So you knew how to make it dance. So I got there in the bottom of the first. I get the ball. Like all pitchers, you check the ball. I'm like, boy, that's... I, I remember marveling. That really is a great job. That's a perfect nickel size uh, <laughs> abrasion there. Admiring so, it. <laughs> so I I remember in, in that game, they only had one right-handed hitter, and I used that ball uh, whenever I had. Now, occasionally it would go out of play, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was the, one of the few games I probably threw 100 pitchers or so, and... 90 had to be fastballs. There was no reason to throw anything else because it was like wiffle ball. That's yeah. how the kind of movement it had on it. Um, but the show that no good deed goes unpunished, I lost that game one to nothing in about an hour and 45 <laughs> minutes. So um, you never know what's going to happen. But you yeah. know, the one big thing during my time that didn't have to do with pitchers is that hitters were starting to cork their bats. Hmm. They're going to take a look at this bat now. They see uh -oh. something on the inside of this. Oh, that's bored out in court. doubt about that there's a board in the middle of that. How about that? Did you ever hit in batting practice with a corked bat or, you know, even like a metal bat to see how different the reaction would be off the bat? Uh, I don't remember a metal bat. I think I did maybe actually take that back. Maybe about 13 or 12, 12 or 13. Yeah. I think I did it. Uh, Red Bull was putting on um, an experiment. I was uh, sponsored by Red Bull. And they were trying to trying to uh, have me break the record of the longest ball hit, which was like 500 something feet. So they doctored up this bat, science lab, yeah. went down to the Benjamin Franklin Parkway, and it was fun. So I hit with that. You know, just just on a parkway, it was absolutely amazing. I uh, didn't do it in the stadium, but a cork bat, yes. Um, I forgot who had it. 
uh, but it was a court bat and it happened after the Sammy Sosa incident. It was like somebody was, you know, stuffing a bat. And I was like, well, let me try. I just want to see what it feels like, what the advantage is. Obviously, you know, Sammy has enough power to not need a cork bat to hit out of any stadium. But, you know, he was using one at the yeah. time uh, occasionally. And so I didn't like it at all. You know, yeah, it, took wow. the, it took the weight. It took the weight out the top. And maybe I wasn't strong enough to, to, to use it, you know, at the time and really uh, get the benefit of it. But I'm like, this is trash. And don't get me wrong. I felt that some, you know, you feel the ball spring off of it, but it, it just it didn't have the advantage that I felt that was worth even taking a chance. Like, OK, I'm going to hit, you know, a guy my size. I'm going to hit three or four more home runs. Oh, well, you know, I, 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 I'll take I'll take him as doubles. And, you know, get the second and get a stolen base. So I get two things out of it instead of one. Uh, but it, it was fun to try it. And I, and I did it for a week. It was just like, hey, we got a court bat. Let's just use it. You yeah, know, just because exactly. just it's fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. For fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, BP, you know, the velocity is coming in. BP is different than in the game. Maybe when, you know, velocity is turned up to 90 plus miles per hour, there is a huge difference. So uh, and, and part of it of me not even entertaining other than just a BP to see to see what it was like is it's cheating. I just, I'm like, I just can't do it. And I'll live with that. I'll figure out, okay, that's not for me. What can I do to, to, to enhance my game naturally? Well, that's good to hear. I, I know that uh, during my time, uh, probably more guys were cheating. I remember the incident with uh, in 86, when we had to face the Houston Astros, my entire team was under a trance of Mike Scott cheating that they couldn't <laughs> even perform. I mean, right. he, he would have if if he had pitched every inning of that series, they would have won in four games, thirty six innings. He would have struck out fifty two hitters. He just was in everyone's head. Mike Scott trying to win it right here. Now, was mm -hmm. he cheating? We think he was. Struck him out. Uh, what does that matter? That strikeout fourteen. The Houston Astros have defeated the New York Mets. Because no one was going to call it. Just had to try to beat him. We didn't beat him. We're luckily. Uh, lucky to beat a couple other guys. I remember Joe Necro, uh, bro brother of Phil, who went to the Hall of mm -hmm. Fame. They caught him on the mound. And I forget, I know he's with the Minnesota Twins. I don't know if it was in Minnesota or on the road. But as they came to check him, he threw the f filing uh, thing, the <laughs> yeah. file, out of his back pocket. Uh, one of the worst uh, trying to get rid of uh, things uh, ever. Hilarious. Um, yeah, checking him all over. I've never seen him. Do a search like this. Quite oh, like this. They find in his pocket. I don't know. They found the foreign substance coming out of his pocket and and then out. I remember when you're in the minor leagues or when you're first starting, all my pitching coaches were 40, 50 years old. So that meant they played in the 50s. They played in the 60s. So you'd ask him every once in a while, like, hey, did you ever see a spitball? How do you throw it? And they would teach right, you how right. to throw it. And you throw it and you'd say to yourself, no wonder they threw it because it would be almost uncatchable at times. It really works. Huh? If you're so what, what is a spitball? Okay. Like, Explain to me, okay. like, I mean, to us, to us younger crowd, yeah, so, what is a spitball? So you get the way you throw it is you get the ball and you do not touch any seams and you get, you know, um, you spit on your fingers and you hold the ball kind of really lightly in your fingers and when you let it go you pinch it you just pinch your two fingers against your thumb and the ball comes out with no rotation so you're throwing the ball as hard as you can 
and pinching at the very end, and the ball comes with no rotation. You know how, like, when you'd face that jugsy machine when you mm-hmm. were a kid and had yeah, two it, tires, yes. and occasionally yep. you would spit one out without any any roll, yep. and you'd be like, "Whoa, what like, is that?" Yeah, yes. you, you didn't want. To, that's what it was like. So it was crazy. Really? Yeah, it was really really fun to to learn that. But you know, you, you, I felt the same way you did. You know, if I was going to cheat to play, let me do something else because it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. You know. What, how do you feel about, because I, I see the side, there's a couple things here, um, putting on all the equipment to keep you safe in the game. I understand it, right? Because you want your best players playing all the time. Yeah. It's done two things, though. It's made it a little harder for pitchers to pitch inside because hitters now don't have to move. There's a whole generation of hitters now that don't move. I remember watching you play, Jimmy. You got out of the way. You knew how to get out of the way. You know how yep. to turn and you know protect yourself. But we've got to a point now where these kids have been wearing protective stuff since they're in high school that they don't move, and it scares me. It doesn't scare me about the future of ball, but it scares me because when they get one up near the dome, you know there used to be a bailout where you knew you just had to get the hell out of Dodge or you're going to get hit in the head. And I think I'm not blaming it on any hitter that gets in the head. You know what I'm saying? Uh, What I'm blaming is that there's a generation of hitter now that is not moving. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it, it completely does. And, yeah, when you go up there, you know, body armor on, you have a tendency to be able to be willing, shall I say, to stay in there. You know, I am not pulling off the ball. I'm not pulling off this one, two slider, oh, two slider. And if I get hit, it's going to hit, you know, my whole tricep, shoulder, mm. elbow, wrist contraption, hand contraption. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I can use that as, as a defense. You know, ball come to my ribs, just drop my arm back and it's going to hit, hit the pad. And yeah, I can feel the compression, but it's not going to leave that 95 mile an hour bruise mm. and you know, elbow contusion that, that it would, you know, when you didn't have equipment. So with that, yeah, they're not trained or, and maybe not even taught, you know, how to get out the way. It was automatically ball up and in, you roll away from it. It's like, it's like a punch ball come, you roll away and you try, you try to make your head, you know, try to make your neck short and just (laughs) hope that it hits off the top of your helmet. If anything, yeah. You know, these kids get hit in the face, the ear flap, and flush. I mean, not it, it was like kind of like the play in uh, Baltimore where the guy had lost the ball in the sun and it hit him dead in his cheek. Oh, that's right. You know, and it's almost like the ball is coming and it must be lost in the sun out the pitcher's hand because these kids are not getting out the way. Yeah. It hits them and then they drop to the ground. It was like out of his hand, you couldn't see. Now, sometimes you're just going to get hit. Let's just – it is what it is. Sometimes they're going to throw – Heat sinkers, you guys doing a cutter, two seamers, it's going to run in, and, there's, and it's unavoidable. But you can see the ball out of a guy's hand, and it's like, are they expecting it to break? Yeah. Or I'm not sure, and it's, oh, snap. It's too close, you know? <laughs> you, know you know You know what's funny is that I had Bobby Valentine, who managed in the major leagues for years, um, explain hitting to me one day, and I thought it was kind of – it was funny – but it kind of made sense as well. And he was saying that 
hitting is this, and it all happens in a snap of a finger. You are watching the pitcher release the ball. Your first thought is, is it going to hit me in the head? No. Check that off. It's not going to hit me in the head. Is it straight or is it spinning? Spinning. Two, I know which one it is. Three, where is the ball going to end up? And four, how do I put my bat in a position to maximize how I drive this ball? Hmm. I always thought the way he explained that, and especially when he starts it with, is the ball going to hit me in the head? Right. <laughs> a, a lot of people... Safety check first. I know. A lot of people say to me, well, no, hitters don't think like that. But that's kind of... There's, that's why I think hitting is, is the greatest art in sports because it's really an impossible thing to do unless you're trained your entire life mm-hmm. to get to a certain point. You don't hit 95 unless at some point you hit 35. And, right. and you don't hit 45 uh, unless you had hit 35. You don't hit 85 unless you hit 55 in American Legion or 60. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all a yep. buildup. Um, and if you don't have that buildup, take, for example, someone who goes to the batting cages and they turn it on. They turn it on 85. I'm going to hit 85. They see that ball come out, and it's, I mean, it scares the bejesus out of them because yes, they've just never seen anything move that yep. fast. So it's, um, it's just interesting to me about how cheating um, just doctors or alters how you view the game because you've trained your whole life to recognize what's happening. And when something out of the ordinary happens, it shakes you because it's just not what you're used to. The only time I think I could admit to cheating, no, I can admit the only time I would cheat is that in extreme cold days, and I don't think this is cheating, but some people would say it is. I would wear long sleeves, which everyone would, but I would wet my left sleeve. So on the really windy, dry days, I would just get some moisture from my wrist so I had control of the ball so I wouldn't kill anybody. Now, under the rules, probably could say I was cheating, but I thought I was protecting me and protecting uh, the hitter. So who knows, you know? I'm okay, Ryan, I'm, and that's what I was referring to earlier. Yeah. You know, you need to get something on a ball to, to get grip. I'm all for that. You know, uh, a little, little rosin mix, a water rosin mix. Yeah. You know, a little a little, little tar, you know, just on Billy a cap, just, just something, you know, and it, and it wasn't, you no, know, wasn't even a lot of times you're not even hiding. You see a pitcher, he has this big white spot. <laughs> you know, he's, he's he's using that for grip. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Now, if it's a black spot up there, yeah. okay, you're you're just going straight tar. You're trying to make this ball as sticky as possible so you can spin it. Yeah, that's going too far. So I agree. I, I agree. You know, th- there's a safety uh, part of it, and kind of like the spitball instance. If you're not right. getting grip, although using the seams, yeah. If you're not getting grip, you know, when you're throwing a ball, you 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 know how you right. whatever you're doing with your wrist and you know, manipulating the ball with your fingers. If there's no grip, you don't know where that ball is coming out either. You're trying to throw, you know, a, a two seamer to, you know, for a right hand to the opposite side of the plate and that ball slips and it's running up under the guy's ear. That was not intentional out of your hand. It looked, it may like, well, out of his hand, it was right at his head. Yeah. No, out of, out of my hand, the location was here, but because it slipped, it just shot off to the right. So I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. And Ron, you know, from a hitter to a pitcher, that is not cheating. I'm because yeah. I, I I like safety too. I, <laughs> exactly. I like safety too. I got a family. Okay, so we we talked about guys and grip on the ball. We've talked about some cork bats. 
Is there anything glove-wise that a fielder, catcher, anyone can do to uh, get an advantage? There's there, there's plenty glove-wise. I mean, chest protectors, uh, shin guards, <laughs> the inside of the glove uh, are, are great places. And, you know, you, you talked about, you know, scuffs on the ball earlier. And surprisingly, I played with the guy in Cole Hamels who had a devastating changeup. I would get a ball and my eyes would get big and I see the scuff. I didn't even throw it around. I would take the ball and run it straight to him. Like, <laughs> Hey, look at the scuff on this ball. Yeah. He get it like, Oh, thanks. And just take it and wave and throw it out. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you right. have the best changeup in the game. You and Tom Glavin. Yeah. And you're throwing the ball out. His reason was he couldn't control it. He, it wasn't predictable. So he went with predictability wow. and his stuff. That's great. And it was like, all right, well, cool. You know, that's, that's what you do. Uh, I played with with guys who literally would take their glove every inning, get the pine tar rack, smack that pine tar in there. We throw it around. They get that ball. They'll take it and swipe the ball and throw it back to you know throw it back to the third base. And I'm trying to throw it back to me. Yeah. And I grab it and I'm getting I'm like, what in the world? Uh, and uh, just you know just like whoa, like come on, dog, and just start laughing. You know, some guys <laughs> use it. Some guys wouldn't. They'll take and just rub it in just, just for a little extra grip, you know, right. especially if it's a tough hitter. Uh, you know, catchers put it on their shin guard, tap it every time they throw it back to the to the uh, pitcher. They get a little extra sticky. We send it on chest protectors. Right. <laughs> Ball gets stuck on chest, chest protectors. And, and another thing that uh, would help a pitcher, if you knew the pitcher likes scuffs. Yeah. Ball will come into the infielder. You know, they b- before b- before it was today. Today, if the ball hits the dirt at any minute, you could just drop it. They they take it out. Yeah. Back then, they, it, you know, they didn't really pay attention that much. A ground ball would still be in play. Somebody would get the ball, take it, drop it on the ground. You know, swipe the dirt up real quick and throw it back around, knowing you created about four or five scuffs on that ball. That's right. And the pitcher was like, "Yep." I don't have to do the work. You know, it's like, I like the scuff on this side of this seam. Take it, pick it up, or just, you know, put in their glove. Just real quick, yeah. real quick. And no one was really paying attention to after a strikeout or an out, the ball drops on the ground. You don't care if the guy drops it. It's like, whatever, you know, base hit, whatever. Just throw it back to the pitch at that point. But there are little things you do that people don't realize. The dirt yeah, is dark. But those little pebbles, little, uh, you know, drying agents to, yeah. you know, keep the field moist and to keep it from getting uh, too much moisture on it. So there are little pebbles that sit on, on the top top layer. And that's what you dig into and create that uh, scuff mark. But I mean, gloves, shin guards, um, chest protectors, all things that, you know, teammates use to give their uh, pitch advantage. Yeah. The ones that liked it, let's, let's be clear, the ones that liked it, some people did not. I played with a few. You, ta- you taught me something that I knew anyways, is that Cole Hamels was so good, he didn't need to cheat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is fact. <laughs> so the, uh, the written rule we read you, uh, you can't doctor the ball, but the unwritten rule, I think, that, that Jimmy has laid out, I think, perfectly, is that if you are trying to make sure within the ramifications of the, the strike zone that you are making sure you can control the ball at this velocity today, which is 95 to 100, um, I think, you know, velocity over pitchability. So you've got to make sure that these guys can stay in the strike zone. But if you start with pine tar or something else, ripping a spin rate on a ball 
that becomes wiffle ball-like, then that's no good. Um, Anytime you change, I think, the dynamics of how a hitter sees the ball and changes the dynamics of who you are as a pitcher. Uh, We know who you are as a pitcher. We know who you are as a hitter. I know a 240 hitter. I know a 340 hitter. You, you (laughs) You know a guy with an ERA of two and a half, and you know the guy at ERA who's going to get you to 340. That's how it's always worked. So when you decide to alter the ball a little bit, just make sure you do it within the ramifications of the game and you're not changing what the outcome is going to be. So Jimmy Rollins, Ron Darling, Odyssey MLB, thanks for listening. Unwritten is a production of Odyssey and Major League Baseball. Our senior producer is Paul Aspen of Odyssey with Ian K of Major League Baseball. Lena Glazer is the executive producer of 2400 Sports at Odyssey. Jody Avergan and Nick Trotta of MLB are executive producers. Special thanks to everyone at Major League Baseball and Odyssey who helped make this show happen. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating or a review in your podcaster player of choice. Or just tell someone about the show. For Jimmy Rollins, I'm Ron Darling. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back soon with more on baseball's unwritten rules.